This show is part of the Planetside Podcast Network. For more information, visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe deserve some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. Also visit saythiscast.pinecast.co for previous episodes. Let's say you live in a small town in rural Montana and you've just lost your job. You need a new one, but everywhere you look, small businesses are being run out of business by the new Walmart that just opened in the next town over. Being a forward-thinking rationalist, you decide to go apply at the Walmart rather than one of the struggling mom and pops in your small village of 101 people and 200 cows and five horses. You get a copy of your resume, put on your best blouse and slacks, and drive over to inquire about a position. You get there, you ask around, and you quickly end up at the customer service counter, where a small man is working. You present your resume and say that you're looking for a job, and you're wondering if you could leave your resume. He gives you an odd look, and he replies, What position are you applying for? I don't know which ones are available, you respond. He looks at you flatly. Did you apply online? My internet connection isn't so good, and I wasn't able to look. We don't take resumes. You have to apply online. But sir, my internet is... He interrupts. Apply online. Dejected, you walk to your car and drive home. The only way you know how to get online is with your computer at home. And though the town Walmart is in has good broadband internet, you aren't lucky enough to have that same utility in your small village, the price that you can afford. You spend the rest of the afternoon trying to get online, and when you finally do, you discover that there are no positions at Walmart. You'll have to apply somewhere else, and you just lost about 24 hours. In our modern era, internet is a must-have utility. As technology marches on and business models evolve, internet becomes more integral to navigating our modern world. And this trend is showing no signs of stopping. And maybe I shouldn't have to say this, but Google Stadia exemplifies how technology is pushing us towards a world where always online services are king and people without internet access will be left behind. But that certainly ain't the only problem with it. Hey, genre. Hey, Nicole. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, a podcast where me, Nicole, and genre talk about issues we think deserve some more attention and um, a little bit more nuanced discourse. Trademark. TM. <laughs> TMCR. CR. It's our word. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, to kick things off, we're going to talk about Google Stadia. Stadia. Which one is it? I think it's Stadia. Stadia. Like a state, like a stadium, because it's uh, it's supposed to be like you play the games, but you, then you can also stream them anytime, it's like a stadium. So you, yeah. Okay, incredible. Play games so, in a stadium. I understand. So incredible. I'll be calling it Stadia from now on because Excellent. I because I do not respect it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're talking about Google Stadia and why it sucks, or. Mm. Like it, why it 
sucks in the real life. Oh, it t- it definitely does. No question. <laughs> yeah, so why does it suck? We can start going down the list. So, number one, which I think is something that um, genre here is pretty passionate about, is um, streaming services have to be, like, you know, online to work. Specifically in the United States, where we are from, broadband access is real shit. Yeah. If you live on the East Coast, West Coast, in specific areas, or, like, in a generally populous area, you're pretty okay. But once you start getting into, like, the middle of, like, East Nowhere, it's it's bad. East Nowhere is really terrible. West Nowhere? Ugh. Oh, boy. And Just... don't get me started on South Dakota. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck if you're in South Dakota is what I mean. Y'all don't yeah. have good internet. So why don't you talk for a little bit about your opinion about this? Broadband internet. Um, well, really, I think we should just stay, state this now. I don't know how Unicol think about this, but broadband internet should be a utility. That's what I think in today's world where a lot of vital things happen online. Uh, if you don't have access to broadband internet then you are cut off from a lot of not just entertainment but uh jobs but um education education like there's so much that has has been moved online there are so many things about being a small business that almost requires constant internet connection and if you don't have that or if you can't afford it then it you're just completely cut off from that. Just think about if there weren't any regulations on electricity and it cost like a thousand dollars a month yeah. to have electricity. We don't even have to imagine it because earlier in American history, it was not regulated at all and mm-hmm. electricity was very hard to come by. Like the infrastructure didn't exist for the majority of the country and for the part of the country where you could access electricity it was really fucking expensive the government came in and regulated it prices it came down and now everybody no matter where you live pretty much has electricity Mm -hmm. that's right and if you're not wired for electricity then it's very cheap to get wired for electricity there are some states where if you are not paying your electricity bill it is very very hard for the company to completely shut you off just like with heat uh because it's a vital resource for it to live now with broadband i I, and this is something i always think about like if someone asks me about broadband access this is my go-to thing a lot of people today when you look for a job like a like a teenager or someone in their the younger they're trying to find a job like at Target or something, you know, you just walk and your parents, they say, walk into the store, shake the manager's hand and ask them for an application. Nobody does that anymore. They say, go online and fill out the, the application and they're very annoyed with you. And that just can't happen if you don't have broadband internet, if you can't get access to it, like at a library or something, which also are very underfunded. And you can't go to a cafe or something. If if it just isn't around you, then you are at an immediate disadvantage 
for economic growth in your life. And that's bad. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's really fucking bad. And it's um bad beyond the ways that we'll be addressing in most respects because we're talking about like, you know, a gaming thing. And mm-hmm. you won't literally die if you don't have a gaming thing, despite no. what the gamers say. <laughs> the capital G gamers. The capital G gamers trademark T D R. First episode, we're all we're gonna get get some flames. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean the, the the one big thing is that entertainment and con and media content they are also important because the human soul requires art. Yes, we so, hear. Yeah, we hear at. I shouldn't have to say this, believe in art and the value and importance of it. So art is good. Exactly. And if, and just looking at the uh, the FCC's broadband map, and if you look in uh, the description of this podcast, there's going to be a link for that. If you look at that map, you can see just half the country is just basically not wired. Who child the ghetto? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get through Nebraska, South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, you're not you're not seeing a lot of broadband access and you're not seeing a lot of households with it unless you're in specific areas like, you know, Denver or or something like that. Even some major population areas in the Midwest, they have very very little if any. Yeah. broadband access yeah i'm a chicago girl who spent a lot of time in colorado and i can say substantively like you leave the major cities and nothing for miles yeah often you're on 3g i mean it's it's, it's real <laughs> it's real rudimentary out there let's put it yeah. like that Rudiment- rudimentary is a very good way of putting it and when we're talking about broadband access in terms of content, um, when I say content, I mean like video games, uh, television, um, like, you know, streaming services, stuff that doesn't require a download, like Steam, uh, which is a game delivery service, a constant connection like Google Stadia. <laughs> we don't respect we, Google Stadia here. We, we don't respect Google Stadia. St- or Stadia. Let's. I don't know. Stadia. <laughs> Stadia. Stadia. <laughs> that makes it really sound like Stadia. And <laughs> the subtle drag I'm here for. For those who don't know, Google Stadia is an always online cloud based gaming platform. You uh, go to Google, you pay them, like, I think it's like 10 bucks a month. And you have access basically to a server in their server farm. You just have to have Wi-Fi in your house uh, and a Chromecast or a computer. Um, and you connect a special controller to the Wi-Fi and you can play games that are installed in the cloud. And you can play them anywhere on your phone. You can then move your the game from your phone to the TV if you have a Chromecast and then move that to the to the computer. Um, and nothing at all is installed in your home. It's all on Google servers. Yep. Which is which a brings- whole other thing. Putting all of your eggs in one basket, but hey. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, we um, all engage in this. Every single oh, last totally. one of you people have a Steam account with thousands of games like me. I know mm. it for a fact. Oh, yeah. Every single person listening Every to this. single last individual of you. Even the people that are Even like... the boomers. The boomers, the zoomers, <laughs> all of you. So when you're talking about Google Stadia and you're talking about being able to participate in that content, that means that if you don't have broadband access, then you don't have access to that or Disney Plus or Netflix or Hulu and um, a lot more services that are increasingly dependent on online access. Ooh, fragmentation. So many services. So many. And to just talk about another one of my problems, because we kind of glossed over it. So when you pay for Google Stadia, you're not paying for, like, the games. It's not $10 a month and play, like, Assassin's Creed and whatever the cool kids play these days. I don't fucking know. You pay that $10 to get access to the store where you then buy games a la carte for their normal price, which I think is really fucking stupid. It's crazy. That's really... Uh, is it confirmed that you have to pay, like, full full price? You know, I wouldn't bet my dog's life on it. We don't have a lot of... At, this, at the time of this recording, we don't have a lot of information. Google is really playing it close to the vest. They're talking about the technology. They're talking about the delivery service. But they're not really talking... They're talking about the, co the initial costs. But they're not talking about um, the costs for the game specifically. I think that if you engage in some inductive reasoning and you know about how the game industry does things, that it would be fair to say that this is something going, they're going to do. Um, oh, totally. You know, I don't doubt it. I'm just saying we don't have like hard facts yet. I know, because, you know, like those fun $60 games where you like pay to get the game and then you pay to use the internet service on the console that you got because it had internet service and then you pay... Or, like, a season pass? Is that what it's called? Man, I do <laughs> not know about online games. I, I got it. I gotcha. So, <laughs> so let's say a console. The you PS4. have to pay for... Yeah, yeah, let's say a PS4. The Nintendo Microsoft? <laughs> <laughs> so, let's say you get a PS4. Uh, you pay for the PS4, which uh, at... And uh, initially it was about like four or five hundred dollars. Then you have to pay for the games. If you want to get one game, uh, regular like AAA, meaning a high budget game, um, one of the flashy ones, then that's about sixty dollars. So you're up to five hundred sixty. Then you have to pay for a monthly subscription to cable. Um, and if you just pay for internet, because you do have the option to just have internet, as I do, that's about sixty bucks a month, maybe. Depending on where you live. So then you have to pay if you want to have the full game experience, then you might have to pay for the DLC, um, the downloadable content, and you can either pay for that or an entire season's pass, which is a lot of more content of the game, but that could cost up to $40. I don't really understand that shit. I have never engaged in that. Um, <laughs> but like basically, you buy the console, you buy the games, you buy the inter you buy your access to the internet. You then put the game in your console. You have to buy a subscription that is $60 a year to use the online service so you can play your game online mm -hmm. just for the privilege of using 
the console. Oh, I forgot about PlayStation you... Plus. Exactly. I was like, yeah. what about your PlayStation Plus, my guy? It already Jesus. doubles your I completely... investment. Yeah, I know. That's... It's insane. So you're you're paying you have an initial investment of like six hundred dollars, then you have to pay like a hundred twenty, and this is not including any taxes. You have to pay a hundred twenty per month to uh, or sixty dollars per year, uh, and then another sixty dollars per month. This is incredibly expensive. Yeah. Um, and it didn't used to be this way. <laughs> so. The Nintendo Switch, for you, for if there's anybody young listening to this, the Nintendo Switch, when it first launched, and you could just use the online service and play your little and like play your little Splatoon, and it was free, and they didn't have like their Nintendo Online subscription or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's how it used to be, and you know, this is something that was good, and you bought. A console you bought a good and then you got to use that good in whatever way you wanted without having to pay more now they gate off a very large part of like a console experience or like the gamer boys experience behind this gigantic paywall it's um pretty ridiculous and with google stadia you're um paying for the privilege of buying games for $60 that then aren't yours. Because, make no mistake, even though like you have them downloaded to the cloud or some shit, you don't have ownership over any game that you buy on that. So, say I was, you know, big dick swinging Valve, and I put me Half-Life 3. <laughs> Why? And I put Half-Life 3. On the Google Stadia to cuck my fans. Um, And then you bought Half-Life 3. And you got halfway through. And then me being Valve. Big dick Valve. I decided to (laughs) like swoop in and take that shit off the streaming surface. It doesn't take me anything just to like make Google take that shit off their um, servers. And then you don't have it. And you're Mm out $60. And so it's unclear to me right now if they've addressed this problem that is clearly going to be a problem. Um, they might. In, their, in, in Google's defense, and this might be the only time I do this, they might actually address how one might go about getting a refund if they jack your shit straight up. Mm. I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that, but like this is a problem that is clearly going to be a problem. But at the same time, you you buy stuff on the app store all the time that probably needs a internet connection to work mm-hmm. and if they ever just decide that they don't want to do that and take it down like you're shit out of luck there's no single player um there's a star ocean game that square enix just announced that they were shutting down and if you spent money in that game you're just shit out of luck you lose your That's account right. you lose your fun and you'll never see a dime of that back. And you only got to enjoy, like, whatever gotcha waifus for a couple of years. <laughs> I think the, the the important parts of this are, are twofold. One, um, the fact that you don't own the thing that you're paying for. And two, the fact that a lot of people don't even have access to get that thing. What are you talking? I was thinking about the show Leverage. It lasted for like five seasons. It was on Netflix. 
and it was uh, really great. I watched it a ton. It's no longer on Netflix. Where did it go? I can't see it anymore. Where do I buy it? I can only buy it at certain places and maybe that, maybe even not that. Um, the only way I can do that is if I purchase a DVD, which are, which is harder and harder to do because everybody says, oh, just go online and just watch it. Yeah, this should be another thing. Any service that gives you access to something but doesn't give you ownership to it is extremely anti-consumer. At the end of the day, it is a corporation trying to get you to pay money for something that you don't even own. And with all of the privileges afforded to them by not having to pay for like physical copies mm -hmm. to not have to deal with, you know, people having copies of their thing just out in the wild. Uh, it gives them a lot of power over your access to something that maybe you bought. And that's not a good thing. That's like, maybe I shouldn't have to say this, but it's like, it's actually a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and Google's uh, studio has just exemplifies all the all these issues. Actually, you're renting content, you're paying them to rent the content, and they are relying on you to pay for a service uh, to at, to even get to that content. They, it, there's a toll to actually see and actually access said content that many people don't even have the option of purchasing and especially with the economy that it is today many people have to choose may, might have to choose not to access that and all of that is wrapped up in gaggles stutidia you know yeah and rest assured google is getting into gaming and they have more money than you can imagine oh yeah and they will throw it around to get exclusivity deals for Google Stadia. And you won't be able to play probably some pretty big games or probably even just some indie games. Like, those will be exclusive. So, like, imagine the Epic Store, but worse because you don't get to buy and own something. For um, those who don't know, the Epic Store is Epic Games, who runs Fortnite. They are getting into the uh, storefront game, They're the, the content delivery game. So you go to the Epic Store, it's just like Steam, if you know what that is, and making sure that uh, you can download your, your games, but you pay them instead of another provider. Just, you know, for all those non-gamers that listen to our show. I feel like that number is going to be like two for the first yeah, episode, very, but just so low. you know. <laughs> hey, Ma. <laughs> Also, hey, Ma. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the Google is going to be able to run the table on this. Uh, and if they, if Google Fiber actually took off, they would have had control over your access to the thing as well, which is messed up. Where are our antitrust laws? Uh, unless you really piss off the president, then they don't exist. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney exemplifies <laughs> this. Ooh, yeah. Um, we could do a whole episode dedicated whole to episode Disney. series. That's a whole podcast. Like, a season. Let's talk about <laughs> why Disney exemplifies a capitalist hellscape. Episode one. A, Disney a plus. 50. <laughs> <laughs> so uh 
I think the the major the major issues that exemplify that that are all wrapped up is they they are main they are many, and another one is that Google is basically the first major company. There have been other streaming services for games, but Google is the first major company that uh, is going to be able to to deliver a uh, an experience like this. Um, which means they are going to be able to con- uh, basically control pricing, uh, how delivery is made, uh, quality level, uh, and advertising, like a lot of different aspects of this basically new business model. They are going to be able to plant their flag and control how the consumer views this service. Because we have Microsoft, we have uh, we have Microsoft, we have a few other companies that are trying to get into the game streaming game, um, the game streaming game, and they're going to have to follow Google's lead. Another thing that needs to be addressed, like the AAA industry for gaming, for you non-gamers, is pretty shit. They're money-grubbing bastards, and they would sell their mother for a dime. Oh, yeah. This is, this is factual. I think the CEO of Blizzard said something to that effect once, like, in an interview. To a reporter. Shameless. Shameless. Absolutely shameless. Yeah. Um, there, there are major efforts of unionization in the game industry because they treat their workers like serfs. Yeah. And so you better fucking believe that individual games uh, developers are trying to figure out how they can milk Google Stadia for their own benefit. And so the good man, Jim Sterling, was doing some reporting on Google Stadia and how it might be bad. And he was talking a bit about how Microsoft and Ubisoft were already in talks trying to figure out how they could put their own streaming service within Google Stadia. So, mm-hmm. you know, you would buy Google Stadia for, like, $10 a month, and then if you wanted access to, like, whatever Ubisoft was offering, and this is not, like, confirmed to do my um due diligence here, but you'd have to pay something else to access their content. This is not that far off of what they do currently, and so I think this is probably something that we can expect. And that'll be really bad, especially because people will go for that and it will make everything worse. <laughs> everything? Everything involving Google Stadia and the way that games are monetized worse at the very least. Yeah, because eventually that's the only place you'll be able to get games and then they'll be able to charge even more. Except for Nintendo, because they're old parts and they'll never go for that. Yeah, love it. They'll be selling Google cartridges when we're in the um, dystopic version of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the water is going to take us all. <laughs> then the other side, again, is the is delivery. And something that I think everybody should know is how terrible costs are in comparison to other countries. Um, in the U.S., the average uh, internet is 
60 so between 60 and 70 dollars that is without bundling with tv or phone or whatever the hell else wi-fi or whatever the top the the 10th top cost we are number 114 the, in the top 10 the highest cost is 16.68 on average that's in georgia georgia the country or the country is that in U.S. dollars? Yes. Holy shit. Yes. In France, I know that it's like about $30. And these are highly regulated industries. Another reason um, to hate the French. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many reasons. It's just so many. When you regulate, when you regulate an industry, that doesn't make it less profitable. That just means more people can use it. Uh, and that means that it's it's more widely available. And even if it did make it less profitable, it doesn't matter. We live in a society that should be allowing people to have access to the tools that let them live within the society. That's and right. Internet is an ever-increasing and important utility for people to have. This is important beyond Google Stadia. This is important just generally. Like we said at the beginning, economic freedom, being able to experience the um, the media and the and the culture that the rest of the country is experiencing. Or being able to access, like, you know, just news. New, yeah, just If you news. had to get all of your news through what is available on cable or what is available just on paper, you wouldn't see nearly as much or like the caliber of news that you can get online that's right this is really important in the age of information but i don't think we should have to tell you that and now we talk about the happy things that are happening in our lives like what what makes you happy what brings light to your life even though the world might feel like a complete tire fire we call this segment what's good in your life so nicole what's good in your life same thing that's always good in life fire emblem um specifically this week i'm playing fire emblem three houses i finished my first playthrough on the golden deer route cloud is um a really good boy. Highly recommend. <laughs> right now I'm playing through the Black Eagles. Edelgard is less of a good girl, but like still solid. And I decided that I was going to play through every single Fire Emblem that's been released in the United States and one that wasn't. That is uh, actually quite the project. How many games is that in total? So I think that it's in the ballpark of like 11 um jeez it'll be fine though i've played most of these games through before it's just a matter of me wanting to play them through again because whenever i try to speak substantively on like the series it feels like i don't remember anything what's good in your life genre what is good in my life well a lot of the stuff that I really enjoy and the stuff that I really um, can get into is video-based, so games or movies or TV, specifically cartoons. I love cartoons. And there is a an older cartoon that I've just started watching again called Exosquad. Do you, do you know anything about Exosquad? Not 
in the slightest. Yeah, it's because it came out in 1994. That so, was the year I was born. <laughs> my God, I hate life. So, um, <laughs> so Exo Squad is basically American Robotech. Uh, there are it's a squad of um, people in the army, and they have uh, these exosuits. So, and the the adventure is them trying to uh, fight a war between them and the Neo Sapiens, which are um, basically humans that were created uh, by humanity to uh, work on in desolate places like Mars or Venus. This show. Even though it was like Saturday morning cartoons, very toyetic, because you had all these different exosuits and everything, it talked about uh, racism, it talked about the cost of war, it talked about the radical idea of self-determination, uh, it talked about genetics and um, how we probably shouldn't fool around with that sort of thing, and death, it talked about that. It was incredibly deep for especially for its time and the animation was it, again for its time was really really good it really shows uh, a lot of how um children's television can really affect the uh the minds of the of the kids watching it to a positive degree um it was, <laughs> I was about it to was say. yeah to i and the the thing i always think about exo squad and the reason i really really like it is it was the first time that i really thought about gun control Ooh, yeah wow that yeah. sounds pretty fucking good they had an episode it was later in the second season where there was uh, a guy who never used a gun and uh, it was war and there you know like they had and one of the enemies that he was trapped with and he said if you use that there's no going back that is something that uh is inherent in the gun you have if you were going to use it then know the consequences yep sounds about right and that blew my goddamn mind <laughs> i mean also themes about the issue that the issues the uh the terrible things with slavery with slave labor there was so if you can look up exo squad and you can there are a few episodes on youtube i highly highly recommend but not watching it on youtube out. It's there. Highly recommend you check we it out. We actually love piracy here. At, I shouldn't have to say this. We're going to do a whole episode on it. So it's definitely something to check out in any way that you can, at least a little bit. Uh, and because even if you are older, it still can be somewhat thought-provoking. Amazing. So I think that's all the time we have. Um, I'm Genre. I'm Nicole. And where can we find you online, Nicole? You can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Trades. That's three as in the number. Or you can go to my blog, BlackGirlGaming.com. You can find me on Twitter at Press Start Lock, and you can go to StartToContinue.com if you'd like to learn more about my um, music podcast, Press Start to Continue. If you have any questions or ideas or ways that we can improve, we would love to hear from you. You can email us, savethiscast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at 
Say This Cast, and you can go to saythiscast.pinecast.co, and you'll be able to subscribe to our podcast and hear previous episodes right there. New episodes of I Shouldn't Have to Say This will come out on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. If you like what you hear and you'd like to support the show, that would be great. Click the tip link in the bottom of the description in the podcast and you'll be able to help us out. All of the music on the show is by Mustin. Go to store.mustinenterprises.com and you can find all that and more. I Shouldn't Have to Say This is a collaboration between blackgirlgaming.com and Planetside Podcasts. Planetside.pro Ew. Dab on that. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> really? First episode, you're going to end with dab on that? Dab. I did a dab. You can't see it, but I did it.